You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Greg Cupney, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted, and it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Thanks for pressing play on this episode of Two and Out. It's Travis Curra. It is Sheldon Jones as Brazilian Ty is back to work. Now, Sheldon, I don't know if you've seen the rumblings about this, but a cage fight between the billionaires. Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk. Who do you got? Oh, Zuckerberg. Have you seen those pictures of him? Like He, he looks like a beast. Yeah, he looks cut. He looks like all those years of being a nerd. He's ready to kick Elon's ass. Like, let's go. Well, here's my thing. Like, I maybe it's my pro wrestling background, but there needs to be a heel. Now, I, I would say Elon is the more natural heel. For sure. Zuckerberg does not inspire anything. Like, I... Yeah, he may be ripped and looks like he's ready to fight, but I don't want to cheer for him. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, it's like a double heel fight where yeah. you hope that one of them can win over the crowd. But I, I think the way that Musk has handled Twitter, I, I think there's no coming back for him. And I think, I think Zuckerberg would get those, uh, those chants, you know, you not you still got it, I guess, but like you can wrestle or something. I don't know, yeah, like yeah. you can fight. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, he he's pretty good at taking ideas and then like copying them and perfecting them yeah. for the masses. So uh, this whole threads thing might be Zuckerberg's big face turn. I don't know. Yeah, but there's no gifts. Oh, and that's huge. Like. of my tweets are a freaking gift. So if I'm going to be threading a lot, I need those gifts, Mark. So what's the point? (laughs) We start this week with some news, uh, I guess, out of the States. The USFL, uh, the New Orleans Breakers, have released McLeod Bethel-Thompson. And I feel like around CFL circles, whether it's Edmonton, whether it's Ottawa, it kind of just seems like wishful thinking that he's going to become to the CFL. I don't know if that is imminent, but I've been reading he's literally a few games away from his NFL pension. Now that they dress three quarterbacks, if he can get some sort of job there and get onto the roster for a few games or whatever the rules are, I think he's going to want to lock up that pension. Yeah, but the thing that's kind of weird to me is I thought that there was a, like, I thought NFL players didn't need to be released to sign or to sign in the NFL, but I thought if you were coming back to the CFL, you would need to get released. So that's that's the thing that I'm kind of iffy on. But his his wife has also been out of work for quite a while because of this writer oh, strike. That's interesting. Because yeah. she's a writer for Marvel, uh, and so they might need some money uh, coming in. And prorated CFL contract isn't great, but it's money, right? But yeah, it, hopefully he can get with an NFL team because getting that pension yeah. is pretty much set for life there. Yeah, that that's a good point with that writer strike. Now, uh, I always am hesitant. Like, 
it I don't really think it works out as good as people hope bringing in a quarterback halfway through a season like no. you, think- you need to learn a whole new system uh you need to build uh like it's just they the your receivers need to get to know your cadence like yeah. it's it's like a month long process i would say you need a training camp you need like a full training camp to get on the same page and and build that camaraderie up yeah, to do that in the middle of the season, that is a challenge to say uh, the very least. And I realize there are some desperate teams, some desperate fan bases right now, including the Edmonton Elks, who are home to the Hamilton Tiger Cats Thursday night. Now, the Tiger Cats are two and a half point favorites here. But man, this is one of those games. And you saw the picks lock in their picks with CFL.ca, the writers. It's clearly split. Uh, Hamilton coming off the short week, just playing on Saturday against Ottawa, traveling across the country. But Edmonton's been having themselves a pretty challenging schedule as of late as well, traveling all over the place and that kind of thing. Now, if Edmonton or if any team is going to fumble an opportunity taking on a team traveling cross country on a short week, it's probably Edmonton with that night game home losing streak you know just hovering right above their heads like a good year blimp above the 55 yard line like I, I don't know man if Edmonton pulls this off I just see a lot of Paul Heyman gifts on Twitter uh, Thursday night man yeah like it kind of is the perfect storm you would think that they could end it but then again it's Edmonton at home so I'm not taking Edmonton at home. Uh, that's a that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. <laughs> little Haven reference there. Uh, but you're right. The Ty Cats they're hurting, but they got that win against Ottawa. They they held off that one yard that they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped him from getting in, so they're riding that high. But again, short week travel, like you said, it's it's tough. But it's not like Edmonton's not that scary place to go anymore, like it used to be. Uh, especially like as a Ryder fan. Oh. We went like decades without with winning like maybe one or two games in those decades there, and but now it's like it's like guaranteed win night for the opponents. So they have to, and Chris Jones's team is not showing us anything right now that can says that they're going to win. So I think Hamilton squeaks it out, but I think if there is, this is the, as good a shot as Edmonton has had in a while to end this. I think at one point, like, <laughs> the the riders were probably, like, I'm not even kidding, 3-27 and 27 over, like, 20 oh, years yeah. or something like that. And I, I yeah. grew up a co- closer to Edmonton than Regina, so I went to more games in Edmonton and just watched them lose over and over <laughs> And over again, like it was just on repeat. Uh, I remember a game we went to, oh man, this is probably close to 20 years ago when the Riders beat them 54-51 in overtime. I think there was a holding call on a field goal in... Yeah, a while seems, ago. Yeah. Pretty, that was like Sean Fleming days. Seen yeah. some pretty ugly games uh, that the Riders somehow squeaked out at Commonwealth yeah. Stadium. But this is about the Thai Cats. And 
man, they, they just squeaked out a win against the Dustin Crum led Ottawa Red Blacks. And look, Crum had some things going. He was he was running. I mean, he, he kept them in the game. The Red Blacks defense kept them in the game. But I don't know if it's really an inspiring victory that the Ticats ended up achieving. Uh, they're going to need to play better to beat Edmonton. That being said, Edmonton's offensive line, it's just not giving Taylor Cornelius any time to really get anything done. The run game is struggling getting things done, but they did have a little bit of success, Edmonton did, on the ground against Saskatchewan. That is probably going to be a key for some success in Edmonton Thursday night against the Cats. Yeah, I was going to say, well, Cornelius sure had lost the time against the Riders. Uh, Are they going to, yeah. I I just don't know. Like, they're, like, if Cornelius has time to throw, more often than not, he's not making that throw on target, and his receivers <laughs> have been making some ex, some excellent catches to kind of save him in some of the circumstances, but... Um, but he can kill you with the legs like he has against the Riders twice in the past two years here. Um, Hamilton's defense is okay. Like it, usually it's a lot better. Um, but they've got horses, man. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it like you said, it's, it's the trenches. Whichever O line or D line can win, then that's the team that's going to win at the end of the day because the, the quarterbacking is an issue. Uh, and so it comes down to the trenches. Yeah. Can can Cornelius run against the Cats? I, I think that'll be a big thing to get them going. And they just need to finish. Uh, they stalled out against Saskatchewan. And, I, I mean, that's, that's also one of those broken record things. Just finish drives. End them in some sort of points. And don't end them in rouges like Edmonton did four times against the Riders. That, that's the difference in the game there. If they're able to make those kicks, we're not talking about the end of the game at all. Because no, the, and the Riders finished one drive. So... <laughs> yeah. They, they need to come out hot and fast. They need to get... If they win the coin toss, they need to take the ball, they need to get a good kick return, and they need to score a touchdown right away and get that crowd into it. Because mm-hmm. that crowd hasn't seen a lot of good stuff happen in a very long time. Yeah. Longer than Roman Reigns' streak right now. <laughs> Which is crazy. So, <laughs> maybe so that is the, the curse in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're not winning until after... WrestleMania in April when Cody beats Roman. <laughs> oh, don't say that out loud, brother. Don't say that. I'll be crying in the stands if that ends up I'll happening. <laughs> no, the the Elks, maybe a little bit of shuffling here uh, on the offensive line. David Foucault was playing right tackle against the Riders. Man, uh, he had some moments there, including a holding call that ended up bringing back a Stephen Dunbar touchdown. But he's moving back to left guard. It does look like Brett Boyko is going to be starting at right tackle. So another offensive line combination for those Edmonton Elks. Can they uh, keep 
Kevin Brown going. They were feeding him the ball against Saskatchewan. I really hope they continue to do it here against Hamilton. I think that'll be a key to winning against the Ticats. But look, the, the Cats, they they haven't really been consistent on offense either. And uh, Matt Schiltz needs to be kept clean. And they need to run the ball too. Like, we got to establish some consistency here. You gave James Butler the big contract, and I know last week didn't have the biggest carry average against Ottawa, but Edmonton has shown that you can run against them, and a lot of times it's been teams getting the lead and just continuing to pound them into submission. But I just don't know if this is going to be one of those games where a team goes up three touchdowns and... I just don't know if either of these teams have that ability right now. Three rouges, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that might be an insurmountable lead <laughs> in this Elks Ticats game. But uh, the Elks, 0 6. Can you imagine? Like, I, I know trusting the process is big here and letting Chris Jones do the whole rebuild thing. But 0 6 is ugly to stare in the face uh not many coaches would survive that sort of record a third of a way through a season yeah insert jerry seinfeld that's a shame gift right here (laughs) couldn't have happened to a nicer guy to be honest (laughs) just no no sympathy from uh, queen city not when you know he gets all his boys a contract and then leaves us and goes to the NFL and then yeah no no sympathy that's funny Edmonton fans were feeling the same in uh, about 2015 (laughs) I know shortly after a championship too (laughs) at Uh, least he got them that that's true yeah Friday night football the Alouettes are home to the Toronto Argonauts the Argos are five and a half point favorites here and uh, news out of Toronto Ryan Dinwiddie has been extended now he was hired before the lost COVID season and I kind of wonder if that almost helped out the process a little bit he, it seemed like during that time they were having all sorts of meetings with the coaching staff in Toronto. And since they've come back onto the field, first place in 2021, first place in 2022, and a nice shiny ring on that ring finger. And then also this year, 3-0 and to start the year. And to me, they've looked better this year to start than they have in each of the last two seasons, which is impressive, I would say, out of Toronto. Dinwiddie is a really good coach. Uh, I don't think it's a a coincidence that after he left Calgary, their uh, quarterback production seemed to start to decline. And uh, this extension is well-deserved for him. Like it's good to have these young new coaches driving. Uh, I wish, you know, there's a better circumstance in Hamilton with coach O because he was another young coach that looked like he was off to a good start there. Um, But that's what this league needs, and this stupid coaching cap has hindered it, I think, for a few seasons. But now we're starting to see this guy who, yeah, he did it the right way. Like you said, he had an extra year of just tooling and figuring out and piece, putting pieces together in his playbook and how he's going to call games. And, yeah, no, I'm happy for him. Yeah, good. Happy. 
Good for him. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes, on the other hand, of course, Jason Moss, their coach this year, but they are on pace to allow 99 sacks on the season. I know they're only four into it, but uh, kind of familiar territory for Cody Fajardo. <laughs> He's uh, under fire a lot in that backfield. At the same time, though, I feel like he's looked better than last year somehow. But And last year probably had a lot to do with the, the knee injury that he was playing with. And we haven't seen it as much this year where he does the old candy cane move where he loops back and turns around. Hasn't really done that. Even Jason Moss brought it up. Mm. He's better at s- stepping into the pocket and trying to make those throws. He doesn't have the most offensive weapons to throw to. Austin Mack has had a great start to his young career, and Kayon Julian Grant sort of having a uh, big breakout this year. But Cody Fajardo, (laughs) why not make it 100 sacks and really make the record count, Sheldon? Yeah, well, like it's interesting that you say that he hasn't really been doing that because I was looking on Twitter this morning, and I saw a clip from last game where – he was going and he had a great pocket. His O-line is mm. doing the job and he still did the stupid turn. And uh, I like Cody. Cody's a really nice guy, but this is, I think this is going, this is showing that it's not, it wasn't just the O-line issues in Saskatchewan. He is having O-line issues again in Montreal, but I was, it was interesting. I was listening to the Piffles uh, podcast this morning and they said that like the, the Montreal Alouettes uh, O-linemen were like ranked really high on this uh, new ranking system that they partnered with, which is really strange, but yeah, it's Cody's got to take a lot of the responsibility for all these sacks that he's taking. Not all of them, obviously, but he's, but like you said, he is playing better this year and the change of series seems to have helped a little bit, but we're still getting that same situation where, you're losing valuable yards by taking that sack. So yeah, the, it, it does. Got to get the ball out of there quicker or something. Yeah. Like they got to work on the mechanics there. But and he has the he has the, a great guy to do it. He Anthony Calvillo is his freaking quarterback coach. So like, come on, man. It does seem like less that he's kind of getting the happy feet back there. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, on, for sure. On one hand, too, I. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's the pro, and I'm the schlub sitting on the couch. I don't have 275-pound D-lineman chasing me down. And I would get happy feet uh, probably as soon as that ball uh, was anywhere near me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's easy for us to yeah. criticize. But. but the Toronto defense is no joke, so it's oh. not getting any easier for the Alouettes this week. In fact, it's going to be very, very tough. But here's the thing. They've got William Stanback. And I don't know if he's just not the same back as he has been. But last week, they gave him the ball six times, man. And a few of those came when the game was over in the fourth quarter. So if... (laughs) your quarterback's going to be carrying the ball more than your starting running back. It's just, it's not going to end up well. And especially for a defense like BC, they were feasting on it. Toronto, the same way, is going to feast on play calling like that. And it's not going to get any easier for Cody Fajardo if they're only going to be given the ball to stand back five or six times. 
No, and like that's what like I don't understand Jason Moss's system because you need to run to set up play action to then get the deep passes. And Cody has shown that he is quite accurate when it comes to his deep ball. He's had a better deep ball this year. Yeah. For sure. And and so and he's he's had his receivers come down with them. And if he if he's given the time and he doesn't have the happy feet, Cody can pick apart defenses. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's a good to average quarterback, but he has the weapons of his legs. He has the deep ball. It's just they're not using the run. They're not using standback in ways that they can to take some of that heat off of him so that then they can do a play action and then hopefully get that extra one or two seconds before the defenders un- realize that it's not a run and it's a pass. That being said, uh, Montreal's defense has been pretty fierce to start the year, and uh, that'll be another test for the Toronto Argonauts offense with Chad Kelly, with A.J. Olette, who has been a monster to start this year so far. He had the hat trick of touchdowns in Edmonton, and they've had a different schedule than other teams. It might come back to hurt them later on in the season, but two bye weeks within five weeks. Obviously, they're going to come into Montreal uh, a little bit rested here and and a little bit ready to just pound the ball at that Alouette defense with Almondo Sewell. It's going to be tough to run at them, (laughs) but Toronto's a physical team that has the ability to do that. I'm seeing the stats here on... uh, uh, passes attempted of over 20 yards this season. John Hodge is uh, tweeting out this stat. Cody Fajardo is the best completion percentage of uh, passes over 20 yards this year. He's uh, 50%, 10 of 20. Now, it is only 20. Vernon Adams Jr. has attempted 46 of those plays, and uh, he's completed 44% of them. So he is pretty close to Cody Fajardo in that, but uh, Fajardo has been pretty good in that regard. As uh, Toronto goes, and maybe this is coaching, and this is Ryan Didwitty having them prepared, we've seen in the three games this year, if the opposing team's going to make a mistake, Toronto's going to make you pay. They have just destroyed teams off of turnovers and things like that, and penalties especially. So Montreal needs to clean those up, and they definitely need to protect the ball against the Argos. Yeah, like they're the the Argos are just like the Bombers, where if you if you give them an inch, they take that mile, right? And that's that's what good teams do. Teams who are coached well. Uh, so. Yeah, no, Montreal, they're in a tough spot against Toronto's defenses. Yeah, I, I think it's phenomenal that the Argos haven't been 3-0 and to start a year since 1991. That's crazy. Uh, but here they are in those beautiful baby blues with the uh, with the oars on the shoulder. What do you think about those jerseys? I love them. Like, yeah. At first, I wasn't crazy about the oars, but because uh, I thought they would just look too much like the wings of the Montreal's third jersey. But I guess they don't really have that jersey anymore yeah. with this new Patriots jersey that they ripped off. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, that guy who created them and did the fan design. Uh, no, I, I love I love the jerseys. The baby blues are awesome. Like uh, 
eventually I hope to get one of those jerseys. Yes, yeah. Uh, Cam Phillips was back practicing in full for the Argos, but uh, here's one. Uh, Jordan Williams has been uh, missing practice. The linebacker that came over from BC uh, hasn't practiced this week, although I, I'm going to be watching uh, a Darius Pickett for the Argos. When I went to the Elks and Argos game, he was flying all over the place. Now he's going to be playing his old team in the Montreal Alouettes. I'm sure there's going to be something there, and he's going to be flying all over the place against the Alouettes in the confines of Percival Molson Stadium, a Friday nighter between the Argos and the Owls. Now, a little bit of a different schedule this week. We've seen uh, one game on Saturday, one game on Sunday so far this year, but different this week it is a double header on saturday and uh, probably a good thing because i might want to wash the taste out of my mouth after watching the ottawa red blacks host the winnipeg blue bombers where the bombers <laughs> i love that red black shirt uh nine and a half point favorites here the over under set at 45 it's been confirmed I get that <laughs> now that being said I, I did mention earlier that the Red Blacks defense keeping them in games. Uh, they have. Uh, they, now, it was Edmonton. I realized that. They gave up seven points. Last week, they did give up 21 to Hamilton, but uh, there was <laughs> some different circumstances, turnovers and things like that going on in that game. So they're doing all right. And actually, Winnipeg's offense has slowed down. Uh, they put up 24 against Calgary last week, 17 the week before against Montreal. I know it was a torrential downpour, but a little bit different from the offense we saw in week one and two that was just uh, scoring at will. The the news here out of Ottawa is that it's been confirmed Jeremiah Masoli has uh, ruptured his Achilles. He'll be out for the year. So that's two weeks two quarterbacks gone down and two, I think, positive figures in the Red Blacks organization. So it's really tough to see that, tough to see it for that fan base. They have signed a couple guys, Tyrell Pigrome. He was in Bombers camp. And by all accounts, he, he turned some heads in training camp. But the Bombers bringing back Dakota Prukop uh, meant that he got released a couple of weeks ago. So he's in Ottawa and Jake Dunaway, another quarterback going to Ottawa. But right now it's Dustin Crum. And we, we saw him last week, but again, it's just different when you come in in relief versus when you prepare to be the guy and the game plan is built around you. It almost seems like when a guy comes in relief off of an injury or whatever, it's like the game plans out the window and just go out there, don't turn the ball over and make something happen. It's just a little bit different when you're preparing as the starter, right? Yeah, so it's different when you uh, you just go in there and you should play sandlot football and try to get some plays going, try to get some runs, some play action. Uh, it's just it's going to be a hard hard night for, for Ottawa's team. And de defenses have started to give Winnipeg some fits. They've been pressuring them. Now, are you going to be able to force them to make four turnovers? I don't know. That is probably a little bit difficult to do. But uh, forcing them into second and long, we've seen that happen more over the past couple yeah. weeks here. If Ottawa was able to do that, they got a shot. 
Yeah, the defensive coordinator is starting chance. to learn. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. They're starting to learn that if you have decent coverage and then you have pressure on Zach, he is going to not be able to find those Dalton Shones and those Nick Dembskis that are running 20 yards open and, and get that 40-yard pass on second and 20 like they always seem to do. Yeah. But he just – Zach is – he needs if he has pressure in his face, he's not as good as he is when he's not pressured, like any other quarterback. But yeah. uh, it, he's he's not this world beater that everyone thinks he is because of what his record is. The team has won a lot of those games, right? Uh, but Zach is there, there's a reason why he's he's won M- MOP in the past couple of years, I guess. Yeah. But uh, but. They're beatable, but you have to you have to force turnovers against them. You have to not turn over the ball against them. You have to have a return touchdown. You have to like it has to be a perfect storm, like we were talking about earlier with Hamilton coming to Edmonton. Uh, but you need to have that perfect storm to get a win on Winnipeg. And hey, Ottawa's special teams, even without Devontae Deckman, they're making teams watch for Brandon Dandridge uh, returning kicks yeah. there. Kicks there. He's making things happen. We do know that Willie Jefferson and company is going to have their ears pinned back against Dustin Crum. Uh, he did fumble the ball. He did have some issues protecting the ball a little bit uh, when he came in against Hamilton, but he also displayed some toughness, and he also displayed some athleticism, just uh, pulling down the ball and taking off and getting some yards. He came two yards away from uh, coming within two points of the Ticats at the end of that game there. Um, so... Winnipeg's going to need to keep an eye on this guy. And I, I just hope, and like I said before, sometimes when you come in in relief of an injury, the game plans out the window and you're just doing whatever to make things happen. I hope he, he has the freedom to do that in this start. Uh, because he's, I think he's going to, and a lot of times a young quarterback, it's tough to make those reads, the 12 defenders, especially coming from the States. It's a whole new thing. So probably the temptation is to just go after your first run, first read and just let's try to make something happen here. So Winnipeg's got to try to keep him contained because the guy clearly, he's got some toughness, he's got some athleticism, and they're going to need to watch for him uh, at Ottawa practice, we'll see. Uh, Devontae Williams uh, has been taking the first team reps at running back this week. It's been between sort of Jackson Bennett and Demontre Tuggle to start the week or year at running back. We'll see if Devontae Williams gets back onto the roster and they're able to use him a little bit. But we still haven't seen much in the passing game from the Red Blacks to start the year. They haven't had that big game from... Uh, Jalen Acklin yet to start the year. Got to get these guys going. Uh, make it happen. Make something happen on offense against the Bombers. And I think the Red Plaques defense, they've got the ability to keep them in this game. But the Bombers, they don't really divert from that script. Uh, if they, they want to give Brady Oliveira the ball 15, 20 times, they're going to do that. And they're going to wear teams down eventually. It always seems to eventually happen that way. Um, that being said, uh, they've been auditioning returners at practice this week. Janarian Grant, unfortunately, has an ankle injury. One of the best returners in the league. You want to see him on the field. 
But uh, Greg McRae, he's a he's a burner, and this might be the opening to get him on the roster every single week, whether he's more involved in the offense or in the return game as well. And good news at Bomber practice for Bomber fans, as four players that are on the six-game injured list uh, were eligible to return the practice, and they have returned to practice. So the Bombers are also getting healthy at this time of the year with uh, Winston Rose uh, returning to practice, Jamal Parker, uh, Connor Buttonshaw, uh, that's a great name, by the way. It's Burtonshaw. <laughs> uh, Buttonshaw, I don't know, is that slightly better? Uh, but Kyrie Wilson, yeah, right. who hasn't played after the Achilles injury last season, was practicing as well. So they've got the guys in Winnipeg getting healthy at the right time. But are we going to see them uh, trying extra hard to protect Zach? Because there's been some cracks here and there over the past couple weeks. Yeah, uh, like Stanley Bryan, I think Father Time is like finally catching up to him because he hasn't been his usual self. Uh, but yeah, he'll still probably win the award in November. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> like like Stanley Bryan at seventy five percent is better than ninety percent of the other linemen, right? So yeah, but it's just it's interesting to see like that anchor position and seeing people get by him. It's just something that we haven't been accustomed to the past however many years he's played in the league. Do the Red Blacks have a shot at covering here? <laughs> it, it, it would have to, like, they would need to score in, like, all three phases, yeah. I think. To close. Like, But again, Winnipeg, they, they've been making mistakes and they've been everyone's, everyone's going to have a down game. Uh, so you just, again, Ottawa needs to ride momentum. They need to try to get an early score because Winnipeg is slow starting, right? They like to, as you say, get get Oliveira settled, get him in there setting up. But if you can, if they can get a couple touchdowns in the first quarter and limit Ottawa or limit Winnipeg to a field goal or a couple field goals, then you have a shot. But you have to score quickly. I think for Ottawa too, between the ears is where the big battle is. Like it's demoralizing to, to lose two quarterbacks in two weeks. That's really tough. So to be able to stay positive and to uh, stay competitive, uh, I think that's probably a big job for Bob Dice and company, but I think they've got the coaching staff that's able to do that and uh, keep their players inspired and ready to go against the Bombers. I hope they're able to do that. And one more Winnipeg note, I I wonder if there's going to be some decisions made on uh, Kenny Lawler in the next little while here. We were told it was going to maybe be a three- or four-week situation. That impaired charge from 2021 kind of made some, I think it was some immigration issues uh, coming back into Canada at the beginning of the season. Well, here we are in week five or week six, and we haven't seen him yet. So we'll see what's going to happen here uh, over the next few weeks. There's still been no sign of him in Winnipeg. Obviously, that would be a massive addition to that offense, uh, which is just incredible how good they've been 
early in the season at times, even without Kenny Lawler. The other Saturday night game, I mean, the last two times, these the last time these teams played, it went to overtime. McMahon Stadium in Calgary. But here the Riders are the favorites. One and a half point favorites as the Stamps uh, come to town. The over-under set at 44 and a half. And I think they're trying to keep practice uh, relaxed in Cowtown. I don't know if you saw, there was uh, puppies at practice on Wednesday. <laughs> Probably trying to keep things light at practice, not so serious. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if puppies are going to help that Stampeder offense get going, but that's that's something they need to focus on for sure. Puppies are good every single time that they are there. (laughs) Give us a dog show for halftime, too. Let's go. Hey, I don't know. Sometimes in Edmonton and Calgary, I've seen the Frisbee guy with the dog. Mm. Man, he throws it like 100 yards, and the dog looks like he's 40 yards behind the play, and he makes it somehow. It's impressive every single time. There you go. Brought up Cody Fajardo's success with the deep ball so far this season, while Jake Mayer's lack of success has been a glaring issue for the Calgary Stampeders this season. He is actually... Got two completions in 14 attempts of 20 yards or more. That is uh, something the Stamps are lacking. They don't really have the big play ability right now. Uh, They did have a pretty big play when Malik Henry burned uh, Nick Marshall at McMahon Stadium a couple weeks ago, but Malik Henry is out. But... The injuries on the back end in Saskatchewan and actually all over the place in Saskatchewan are going to be tough to overcome. But that being said, and there's going to be an Argo fan or two listening to this, and I just spoiled the question I was going to ask you. The team that had the most injuries last season, the Toronto Argonauts. So injuries are a part of football. The Argos overcame it. How can the Rough Riders overcome it? But when one of your best inj- or defenders, Roland Milligan, is seen at practice wearing a walking boot, that's never a good sign, Sheldon. No, Milligan has been lights out when he's been in there. So, yeah, he's he's a definitely a tough loss. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> There's not much else to say there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amari Henderson was banged up. It looked like he did come back in on Wednesday. C.J. Revis dealing with an injury. And then even on the defensive line early this week, uh, Anthony Lanier, Charbel Debeer, Lake Corte Moore. Man, all those guys dealing with injuries. Even Eric Lofton, the left tackle, dealing with <laughs> injuries right now. Oh, the kicker. Uh, Brett Lothar dealing with injuries at the moment as well. So they did bring in a rookie kicker who was actually drafted by uh, the Calgary Stampeders this year. His name's Campbell Fair, and I guess he was building dinosaurs for the museum out in Ontario and the Rough Riders called them. So uh, they say Lothar maybe is able to play games right now, not able to practice, and maybe that does explain 
some of the issues uh, we've seen so far this year, but I, maybe he's not been as bad as uh, maybe sometimes it seems. He hasn't missed uh, many kicks, but they, they, they sure stand out once in a while when, when those missed kicks happen in Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. Like, he he was, like, almost automatic for a few years yeah. there, so it kind of, I think we just got used to that. Like, most kickers are around 80, 85% for accuracy if you're, like, not just a deadlock yeah. or Paredes. So, um, but I think even if this move was not just because he's injured, even if it's, like, you know, to light a fire under him, like, competition is, is something that is good uh, when you have somebody who's struggling because then they they realize they got that somebody's breathing down their neck and they need to pick it up. So yeah. um, I, I'm happy they brought in a kicker, uh, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't want Lowther to remain our kicker because I, I love Brett Lowther. I love everything that he represents. He's a great teammate. He's a great, he's a good Atlantic boy. Uh, my family's out from there. So he's, I have his Jersey, so I, I don't want him to leave. I, I don't want us to have to move on. So I hope he can figure it out and get healthy. And hey, he, he won us the game last week, even if he's got an injured leg. That, that kickoff was a thing of beauty. So we'll see. <laughs> the game-winning rouge. I mean, I, I do hope you get made fun of for having a kicker jersey, though. Uh, yeah, but in my defense, I just went to the Ryder store and it was <laughs> it was already crested, and it was the same price as a uncrested jersey. Ah. Well, yeah, you gotta not? take it. You gotta take it. Yeah. Uh, now, how do the riders keep Trevor Harris protected? Because against Edmonton, it was a struggle. And I said it on the pod uh, earlier this week. I don't really recall seeing Trevor Harris play like that in his CFL career. Clearly, he's an athletic guy. It's just not his preference as a quarterback to be running around. But against Edmonton, <laughs> he was running around. I, I I don't know. Is he going to be doing that against Calgary this week? Uh, <laughs> they might be in the backfield getting after him early and often. Yeah, like the one thing, say what you will about Chris Jones, and we were saying it before, but he is a defensive guru, and he he his defensive schemes are challenging for quarterbacks. So I don't know if it was just that or – or if it was just, you know, we're we have a mash unit for our O line other than like uh Furland and Johnson, it seems those are the only ones who I think have actually played all the games. So Yeah, it's uh, different every week and that's that's not good. Yeah. No, um, but we'll see. I I think Trevor Harris is gonna have a, a bounce back game. I think the Riders are gonna have a bounce back game. I think the week before coming off the bye, I think they were they, they, I know they said they weren't going to let it happen, but I think they obviously it, it was a trap game against Edmonton. Like it, it that's what happened. I think because uh, I, I do think that the Riders are a better team than what they showed last week. Um, so hopefully they realize that they have the opportunity on Saturday to do something that I never thought would ever actually be possible. They could have the season series on Calgary and Edmonton after five games. Is that not crazy? That and that would absolutely be massive regarding the playoffs. I oh, mean, oh yeah, you—that's pretty much third place at least locked up. And a lot of times, so, like 
I even think back 10 years, more than that, the, the season series between Saskatchewan and the Alberta teams, a lot of times not decided till October. Uh, oh, for sure. Really yeah. late in the year. So for us to not even be at Labor Day and to possibly have those figured out, that is massive. So this is a massive game for both teams. Uh, Saskatchewan yeah. looking to go to four and one and Calgary looking to avoid falling to one and four. Um, now that game at McMahon stadium. And I would say even last week against Winnipeg, the bombers are the stamps had Diedrich mills rolling and mm-hmm. he had over five yards of carry against the riders at McMahon stadium. And last week against Winnipeg, they had him rolling too. I still don't think they gave him the ball enough. Uh, I would say the, it has to be a focus for the riders to stop the run. Now, last week, I realized it was Kevin Brown, and it was Taylor Cornelius too. Probably don't have that same level of threat from Jake Mayer running the ball, but Diedrich mm-hmm. Mills is a monster. And... Yeah, I keep talking about him every episode and every single week, and he's he's become one of my maybe my favorite running back in uh, the Canadian Football League. If the Riders can't stop him, first of all, the Stampeders need to stick with it. We've seen them kind of move away from the run, even if they've had that success. I think on the road, just who cares if it's not exciting? <laughs> just keep beating up that oh, Rider yeah. defense. Because they already are beat up with injuries. Well, I think I think the reason they're getting away from the run is because Dave is just trying to get Mayer going and and make it seem like you know they didn't make this mistake with Mayer. Uh, yeah. Just, but that's the thing. That's what the Riders need to do. They need to stop the run and make Mayer beat them with his arm, which is something that he has not shown that he's really that capable of doing. So mm. that's. You see that other lines are in the trend or other games are it's one in the trenches. This is where this game is is one. How they pressure Mayor and how they stop the run. I think if they do both of those things, the riders are laughing this week. So if it does they don't, it can be a long week or a long game. It does appear that Luther Hakanovano did return to practice for the Calgary Stampeders. So that is a that's a big re addition. To the lineup, if he's able to get back onto the field, six foot four, two hundred nine pounds. So he's a big fella, twenty six years old, still a young receiver. And we're gonna need. I think they're gonna need that time for Mark and Michelle to kind of get reacclimated to the CFL game. Uh, Winnipeg was all over him last week, and maybe that was by design. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's gonna get better as. He plays more with Jake Mayer and the Stampeders offense. So having Luther back in there and the steady presence of Reggie Bagleton in there, but uh, the, the Stamps haven't really been able to make those big plays happen. Uh, I, and I maybe they just need to change that sort of expectation and that philosophy. Maybe they're just not that kind of team. Toronto doesn't appear to be that kind of team, and it works just fine with them. <laughs> They're okay with beating you up with their uh, two running backs, uh, three running backs, their quarterback. They, they just get yards no matter how it's done. Uh, maybe we're going to get a bounce back from Trey Odom's Dukes as well, who had some costly drops last week uh, against Winnipeg. They 
just have such a young receiving core. Yeah, they're talented, but they're just quite young. And this West Division showdown, uh, it, it's always a fun one when we got Dave and Craig doing battle. It doesn't matter what stadium it's at. It's going to be a fun game. I just really hope we don't see any of those fishing uh, for calls on challenges. <laughs> we will. We'll get the Dave Dickinson challenge. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I love when he gets pissed off and throws that flag in the first quarter at something just terrible. But maybe, maybe they learned. Who knows? Saturday night at Mosaic Stadium, like we heard that stadium come alive uh, after a rouge of all things in uh, in the Edmonton game. <laughs> They're going to need to be alive. It was like a touchdown. Yeah. It was literally like a touchdown. <laughs> it was it was bizarre. I don't know. I I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. It was just. Your jaw hits the floor. I don't know if I've picked it up yet, but uh, I think it'll be a good way to end week six uh, in in the Queen City. Um, have you built a fantasy lineup at all, man? Okay. I have. I'm going to pull mine up. Even a Brazilian tie ended up sending me his fantasy lineup verse, uh, via text message, so I'm going to see... Uh, what he has come up with this week. Now, I'll start with mine here. I, uh, ooh, <laughs> it's getting tough. Like, there's only, what, a f- two or three quarterbacks that aren't the max $15,000? I-, I just yeah. don't know if I have the guts to start a Dustin Crumb. Uh, so... <laughs> I do have Trevor Harris in there. Uh, my my running backs are Diedrich Mills and Tyreek McAllister. He made a couple big plays for the Ticats last week against Ottawa. I'm going to have to verify that depth chart to see if he's going to be playing. I got Sam Emelis, Austin Mack, Trey Odoms Dukes, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. That leaves me with $300 left to go. Brazilian Ties team is Zach Kalaris. Mark and Michelle, Austin Mack, Dalton Schoen, AJ Olette, Jeshrin Antwi, and the Bombers defense. What are you looking like in week six, Sheldon? Well, like you, I don't really want to spend money. Well, I don't want to spend money on my quarterbacks. So I have Matthew Schultz. Well, uh, it's been like I last did. week. The, the guys that are scoring the more points are not the stars. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I have Matthew Schultz. Hopefully he can uh, extend that streak in, in Edmonton there. Uh, and then I have A.J. Olette and Dietrich Mills as my running backs. Uh, I went with a value pick with Mitch Pickton. Uh, he had a big nice. game. I'm hoping, like, he when he gets in there, he makes plays. Like, he had that one drop in the, the 20 – in the, the playoff game against Winnipeg, 2019, I think. Like, he had that one drop. But other than that, he just makes plays. So, like, I think it's time for them to actually – like, he's 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 like Chris Getzlaff. It took a few years, but then he just makes plays. So, I hope yeah. that that's where we are with Picton. Uh, then I, I have Duke Williams. And I for my flex, I have Shivers from BC. But he is on a bye week, so I'm going to have to change that. What the hell? Yeah, BC okay. on bye. So, yeah. get that nope. fi- so, figured out, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're both picking Toronto, Winnipeg, and Saskatchewan. 
Where we differ is the Thursday nighter. Edmonton or Hamilton, this could very well end in a tie. I think the Elks are going to end that home losing streak <laughs> because I won't be in attendance uh, Thursday night at Commonwealth Stadium. But I, I think they, they're they going to make it happen. Like, will I, you be shocked? <laughs> no, I won't be shocked at all. Like, I think I think on the Ryder fans pick them. I actually did take Edmonton. Oh, okay, uh, but on the but on this on the CFL one, I did take Hamilton. But no, I wouldn't be shocked. It's just I'm not I'm not willing to pick Edmonton at home until they <laughs> show me you. that they can win there. I don't blame uh, you. Just, yeah. You can uh, rate, review, and subscribe to Tune Out in your favorite podcatcher. You can like, comment, subscribe on YouTube as well. And you can support the show on Patreon just like Sheldon does. Maybe you'll be able to co-host an episode of Tune Out by supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, man. I know somebody who wants to. Yeah, I've offered him a couple times, and he said no. I, I guess he's busy. He has a child, so... Uh, I guess yeah. that's that's what happens. I, I do want to give a shout-out of a couple recent patrons that have signed up. Uh, Matthew Chapman, thank you so much. And Lauren Callahan, if I'm not mistaken, Lauren is from the UK. So can you believe 2 and Out has crossed the pond and gone international, Sheldon? How cool is that? That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I feel like we got to do a live show in uh, some of those pubs in London uh, that'll end with a bar fight because of Brazilian Ty's big mouth. But uh, that's <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty accurate, eh? <laughs> enjoy week six. Sheldon, enjoy your trip to uh, Toontown for AEW. Are you wearing those at the show? No, no. But these are sick. They are. I, I can't believe them. those are free. They were. Wow. And do they were. fit your noggin? Because that's a concern for me. Yeah, they do. They're actually quite comfortable. All right. I can't wait to get to... You got Save some for me, man. Save some for me. <laughs> I got you your pair. We'll get, we'll get them to you at Labor Day. <laughs> week six is on tap in the CFL. We'll talk to you next week as uh, week six will be in the books. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 